music is a time machine that can transport you to a different place and a different time. Another dimension, if you will, in an instant. Get ready as you enter the time zone up ahead. Uncle Steve's Rock and Metal Zone. All right, all right. Fear not. Your Uncle Steve is back again for episode eight of Uncle Steve's Rock and Metal Zone. I hope that everyone is doing well within your confines, wherever they may be right now. Even though it's still a very odd time to be alive, it's better to be on this side of the grave, right? Of course it is. It's always better to be on this side of the dirt. The right side of the dirt. This week on The Zone, I am going to discuss one of my favorite bands of all time. figured that guy probably said it better than I could. That was a little crude video or audio from about six and a half months ago when we saw Kiss in, if you couldn't understand what he said, Bozier City. Okay, so when I became a Kiss fan, which I would say was around July of 1985, because that's when I got my first Kiss album, Animalize. I did not have a clue about their history. People that grew up in the 70s learned of Kiss as teenagers or young kids. They saw them in concert when they were 5 to 10 years old or a little older. But I didn't have a clue who they were until I heard Animalize. So to me, Kiss was Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, Eric Carr, and Mark St. John. I remember seeing in a hit parader or a circus magazine, one of those, that Bruce Kulick was the new guitarist in Kiss and thinking, wow, they're a five-piece now. I mean, I had no idea about anything going on. I didn't know that the last three albums had contained three, technically more maybe because of Creatures of the Night, but three different guitarists, lead guitarists, and there was about to be another one. So as I began my ascent or descent into KISS and finding out about them, I remember going into a record store in a local mall and looking through the cassettes and seeing a ton of different KISS tapes. All of these different album covers where they had makeup on looked so cool to me. I remember really liking the Dress to Kill cover a lot. And without the internet... And just being able to 
pull up Wikipedia or something along those lines, looking up at a band and finding out everything at the drop of a hat. You couldn't do that. I had to slowly start to learn about them. Buy an album, see who played on it, when it came out, who wrote the songs, figure out whose voice was who. It was a fun journey for sure. It didn't take long before I was, what I believed, a wealth of knowledge about everything KISS. Even though I knew very little and especially compared to all the secrets that we've learned over time. I mean, for me, Eric Carr was the singer of Black Diamond and Cold Gin was played at a frenetic pace. Well, if the Animalized Live concert taught me anything, that was my first taste of Kiss Live. If I remember correctly, my first makeup album to have was the self-titled album. I had deducted that based on it coming out in 1974 and being self-titled that that was the place to start. I was so glad when Asylum came out and they had a full two-page ad for it in the metal magazines with a picture of every Kiss album cover. That helped me a lot. I remember hearing the first Kiss album and being disappointed in what it sounded like sonically compared to the way Animalize and Asylum sounded. The next album I got was Alive, I think. I remember laughing so hard hearing Peter sing Black Diamond, the line where he says, there's nothing that you can do, and he just screams it out. I enjoyed the live versions much better, and the songs had worn in their welcome with me by then because I was all in on Kiss, and I knew that if they did it, I kind of had to like it and I didn't have to convince myself I wanted to like it so as the years went on and I really knew who sang what and learned about who wrote what and that Ace wouldn't sing for a long time from the beginning I was able to formulate opinions on who I liked for whatever crazy reasons I was talking recently with a friend and we were talking about which songs we liked the most that were sang by Ace and Peter on Kiss albums, not counting the solo albums. So I did the math and each of them had 10 songs. So I thought to myself, I'm going to rank the songs from my most favorite to my least favorite. Not based on their place in history, like Beth being so important in Destroyer Breaking or anything. Just my own personal preference. I am sure that a lot of people will not agree with these lists, but that's okay. We all have our own individual preferences, and that's totally fine. So first up is the original Spaceman from the planet Jendel, Ace Fraley. Ace's guitar sound is undeniable. When you hear a guitar solo from him, you know it's him. And vocally, well, I guess you could say he's the Ringo star of Kiss. You definitely know it's him when you hear him sing. So for my number 10 track, Bringing Up the Rear, is the last song Ace ever recorded with Kiss. Well, before the so-called reunion, that is. Number 10 is Dark Light. I've never really been a big fan of The Elder. This is probably the second most rocking song on the album, though, behind The Oath. 
which I prefer to this song. But this is an ace top 10 Kiss songs list. And since he only has 10 songs, I have to include this one as well. I hate the way he sings the lyrics. Look out, because there's something wrong. And you don't know what it is. I don't like the way he sings a line and then talks out a line behind it. It reminds me of the worst Iron Maiden song ever made with Bruce Dickinson on vocals because he pretty much does the same thing. If you've never heard The Apparition, give it a listen and you'll understand. This song sounds like an A song because it's got a bit of a goofy sound to it at times. The thing that this song does have, the absolute best thing about it, is that Ace has a killer smoking guitar solo in it. It's so good, it almost sounds like it was from a live show. Outside of the guitar solo, I really don't care much for this song. Number nine is going to be from the Unmasked album, Talk To Me. I like this song. It's got a good riff, and Ace sounds good vocally as well. I think the lyrics are a bit corny, but that's a staple in a lot of Ace songs, though. It's the only song that Ace sings on Unmasked that actually has a guitar solo in it, but the solo itself doesn't really stand out much compared to his other stuff. The chorus is very repetitive, and at the end, the way it's, talk to me, he, talk to me, he, that gives me enough reason to rank it below the other two songs on Unmasked. But I might feel different tomorrow. Number eight is another song from Unmasked. Two Sides of the Coin. Ace's songs on Unmasked are not as strong as his Dynasty lyrics. Not lyrics, his songs. Lyrically, the songs are weak, and this song does not even have a guitar solo in it, which is not what I want from Ace Fraley. The lyrical content is better than Torpedo Girl, but I think musically I'd give the edge to Torpedo Torpedo Girl as it seems more authentic to me for some reason. But I may feel different tomorrow. Number seven, Ace's last song from Unmasked, Torpedo Girl. I recently said that this was my least favorite of Ace's songs on Unmasked, but after giving them all another listen, I've really reconsidered because I, now it's my favorite. Of course, as KISS fans, we all know that sometimes our tastes can change from day to day. This song starts with a goofy intro, then an interesting sounding bass line followed by an interesting guitar line by Ace. The song has a good driving rhythm guitar during the verses and then the lyrics are corny as well but the chorus is great when he says ooh let's take a dive torpedo girl and feel alive torpedo girl the vocals in the chorus sound great and the music is good too I think if the lyrics were better and there was a guitar solo this song would possibly rank higher for me Next up is my number six track, Into the Void. This was Ace's track on Kiss's quote reunion album. He also had a song that was an extra called In Your Face, and there's also a version of It's My Life with Gene on vocals, and Ace sings lead vocals on the last verse. It's a killer song. 
Now, Into the Void sounds like an A song from the first second the song starts with a solo line right at the outset. Ace's vocals sound great here. Lots of trademark Ace guitar sounds here as well, and the solo is smoking. Next up for my number five pick is the first entry from one of the 1970s albums, Hard Times. This autobiographical song with a bit of untruth in it is a rocker from Dynasty that goes hard against the typical person's thinking of Dynasty being the Kiss disco album. In my opinion, Ace's songs carry Dynasty. You can totally tell that Ace is very confident in his vocal ability at this point. I think this is one of Ace's best vocal performances. It's also got a great classic Ace solo. Lots of the things you expect from Ace are all in here. I say that there is some untruth in this song, though, because Ace says, Now I'm on the right track. I'm finally on the right track. We all know he still wasn't on the right track. Next up, my number four pick from Ace. Another song from Dynasty, 2000 Man. Personally, I did not know this was a Rolling Stones song since I've never really listened to them. And even if someone didn't, even if someone did, this song sounds nothing like the original. Ace's workup of it blows the Rolling Stones version away. Ace was at his peak at this time, and what he did with this song is just more proof. Number three, the song that took Ace over the top with Kiss, Shock Me. His vocal debut showed that he was competent, and this song became the centerpiece for his outlandishly entertaining guitar solos back then. It's the story of Ace getting electrocuted during a show on the Rock and Roll Overture, set to music. Okay, so to recap, number 10 was Dark Light. Number 9 was Talk to Me. Number 8 was Two Sides of the Coin. Number 7 was Torpedo Girl. Number 6, Into the Void. Number 5, Hard Times. Number 4... 2000 man and number three was shock me so if you're keeping track that leaves only two more songs so i'm sure the anticipation is killing you and you're probably thinking how could shock me not be number one i don't know maybe you're thinking how could two sides of the coin not be number one i don't know so for my number two pick from Ace Frehley songs that he sang in Kiss. Save Your Love from Dynasty. After the solo album that Ace did, he came into Dynasty with more great material. Ace had not written nearly as many songs for Kiss compared to Gene and Paul, but his contributions have been great. Getaway, Strange Ways, Cold Gin, Parasite... And now with solo album success, he had all the confidence in the world to come in and help lead the band through what seemed to be an identity crisis. I wonder if working with Vinny Poncia, the guy that produced Peter's weak solo album, lent itself to that, but who knows. 
Paul wanted a hit and was willing to do whatever he had to do to get it. Either way, Save Your Love is the album closer on Dynasty and closes the album out in style. It's got a great vocal from Ace and a great guitar solo too. I love on the chorus how they sing Save Your Love and it's just one guy. And the next time it's two guys. And then third is added on the next chorus with Ace's vocal soaring over it. It's another great song that I wish Ace had pulled out and played live at some point over the years. So obviously, my number one pick should be everybody's number one pick, right? I mean, even though Save Your Love might be my number one pick tomorrow, number one pick is Rocket Ride. Ace had already let the cat out of the bag with Shock Me. That he could actually sing out of necessity because there was a desire from people for him to do it And that made the band one of the few bands where all of the members handled lead vocals at one time or another. Kind of like another certain Fab Four. Ace was, in my opinion, at the peak of his powers with this song. He really had the creative juices flowing. He was already holding out on the Rock and Roll Over album because he knew the solo albums were coming. And he used Shock Me for Love Gun, but Rocket Ride... I'm shocked that he used it for a live too. Such a killer song. He was primed and ready to unleash his fury on the fans. And did he ever. From the intro to the killer solo and drum fill at the end, this song is absolute greatness. All right. Next up, we're going to the original Catman. Peter Chris, whose songs rank from all-time Kiss greats to maybe the worst song they've ever put on an album. So let's see how his songs rank. Number 10 is from the Quote Reunion album, I Finally Found My Way. Paul Stanley and Bob Ezrin so generously wrote this masterpiece and allowed Peter to sing it. In all honesty, when I listen to this song again for this show, it has to be only the second and third times I've ever listened to it. And it may have been the only times I made it all the way through. I don't feel sorry for Peter in general because he seems at times to have been a pretty horrible human being. Read his book if you don't believe me. But I do feel for the guy for getting this song to sing. What a bogus way to go out for him. Go back in time and listen to Peter's best work with the band. Black Diamond, Getaway, Baby Driver. I mean, give the man a rock and roll song to sing. Either way, this song is terrible. The beginning of it reminds me of those Bud Light commercials. Real men of genius. Budweiser presents Real Men of Genius. Real Men of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. Really Bad to Pay Wearer. Mr. Really Bad to Pay Okay, so maybe that's a little bit of a stretch, but I'd rather hear one of those commercials anytime over this song. Pete's voice is nice, but the verses are terrible. And the chorus is equally as bad. 
as a matter of fact, the only, and I mean the only reason that this song made my top 10 Peter Chris songs from his years in Kiss is because outside of this solo album, he only had 10 solo lead vocal songs from this time in the band. All right. Number nine from Hotter Than Hell, Mainline. Another song written by Paul Stanley. This song sounds like a 70s song that any band at the time could have written and recorded. Peter's vocals are great, though. The song doesn't stand out much at all in the Kiss catalog. In the early stages of the band, Pete's vocals stood out above the rest of the band, and I wonder if his attitude from the get-go always making threats to quit and such attributed to him not getting as many lead vocal opportunities, especially given his seemingly superior vocals at the time. Overall, this is a song that I skip 99 out of 100 times if I'm listening to this album. All right, my number eight selection here is from Love Gun. It's Hooligan, written by Pete and Stan Penridge. Pete does some great singing on this song. Compared to the top five tracks, though, this one isn't really in the same league, but it's not a horrible song. The lyrics don't do the song any favors, though. I've got a 35 Chevy on a 55 frame. Can't even spell my name. Dropped out of school when I was 22. What can I do to satisfy you? Whew. Maybe write some new lyrics, dude. If you were in school until you were 22 and you can't even spell your name, no wonder you dropped out. Very corny lyrics that don't help the song at all. Ace has a nice guitar solo, though, so that does help. I would probably skip this song 75% of the time if I was playing Love Gun. It's not the only song I'd skip on there, but I'll save that for another time. Number seven from Destroyer, Beth. Beth was written by Peter Chris, Stan Penridge, and the producer, Bob Ezrin. Beth was a last-minute addition to the album upon the insistence of Bob Ezrin. Gene and Paul did not want it on there because it wasn't a typical Kiss song. Maybe they hadn't heard Great Expectations or Do You Love Me at that point. Because those songs are about as atypical of a Kiss song as Beth is. Especially compared to the material of the first three albums. Either way, I know they are glad they left it on as it was the song that propelled the album after it had fallen way down the charts. It gave them a hit that they really needed at the time and I'm sure Peter has a real sense of kind of saving the album and it definitely lent itself to him thinking he didn't need Kiss to be a successful artist as well. Next up at number six from Rock and Roll Over, another song written by Paul Stanley, Hard Luck Woman. It was written initially for Rod Stewart, but he gave the song to Peter on Gene Simmons' insistence. It seems that he was going for the Maggie Mae type of song when he wrote it, and Peter's vocals fit the song to a T. It's a very nice and extremely well-written song. I also think that they used this song on the album because Beth was such a big hit for Destroyer, 
and they were hoping that it would have the same effect. If I was a betting man, I'd say that they put it on here for insurance in case the album stalled out again. Number five, the last song that Peter sang vocals on during his first stint in Kiss, Dirty Living. Dirty, I'm sorry, Live In, not Dirty Living, Dirty Living. And it is great. The song was a rewrite of one of his pre-Kiss songs written by Pete, Stan Penridge, and album producer Vinnie Poncia. I've heard it said that it has a disco beat, but I've never felt that way about it, even though I noticed it after someone mentioned it. I think this is probably Pete's most underrated song within his tenure in the band. The vocals by Pete are great. The background vocals are great, and Ace's solo in the song is awesome. He has a few times where he solos in the song, and it's got that great Ace signature sound to it. On one of the vocals, he says, I make my living out on the street. Is that a throwback to Black Diamond? Out on the streets for a living? I make my living out on the street? Maybe. I've always had this thought about Dirty Living, and maybe you'll agree with me. Why didn't this song make it onto his solo album? Why didn't he make an album full of songs that sounded more like this? I do not like Pete's solo album much at all there's some songs that I can deal with if I have to like that's the kind of sugar papa likes and I can't stop the rain those aren't bad but if the album was full of songs like this like dirty living then at least it wouldn't have been the worst of the four I mean it'd be tough for him to best ace and Paul but imagine if his solo album was in the conversation either way this song is a great one by Peter Number four, Peter's other song from Hotter Than Hell, Strange Ways. Written by Ace Fraley and sang by Peter, of course. This song could easily be considered the best song on the second album by Kiss. This song starts off with a super heavy riff, helped out by the muddy production. Pete has another great vocal and Ace plays one of the best solos of his Kiss career. I love the chorus and how loud you can hear Gene singing in there too. This is definitely a song that I would have loved to hear on a live. It's a shame that Kiss didn't include this and Getaway in the live set back in the day. I wonder why they didn't. I've heard it live once when I saw Ace Fraley and his bassist at the time, Chris Wise, sang it. It was a totally killer version. He did a great job. For my number three pick, Pete's other song from Rock and Roll Over, Baby Driver. Written by Peter and Stan Penridge again, this is another absolutely killer song by Peter. His vocals on the song are so awesome. Another song that I would have loved to hear Kiss play live. The vocals, the pulsating rhythm guitars throughout the song, the background vocals, the dual guitar parts sprinkled in the song, the drumming is great too, and again, Peter is wailing in this song. He sounds awesome. I know Rock and Roll Over is a great album, considered by many to be their favorite, but this could easily be the best song on the album. I originally had this at five, but after listening again to them all, I realized I like it better than Strange Ways and Dirty Living. Next up, 
is Pete's song from Dress to Kill. Getaway. That's the number two, so I think you know what the number one is. If you're keeping score. Getaway. I will say this. Putting the top five Peter Chris songs in order is a much more difficult task than his six through ten songs. In the early stages of the band, Peter was the guy that had the most unique and great sounding voice in the band. Paul Stanley was still figuring out exactly who he was going to become vocally, and Gene was coming into his own as well, but Peter seemed to know who he was from the get-go. He was the elder statesman in the band and had more experience, too. I think on the first three albums, Pete having the best song on each album, even though he didn't write them, is definitely a serious consideration. Getaway is a killer song from the band's third album, Dressed to Kill, written by Ace Fraley. This is the second song Peter sang that was written by Ace. The song has a great guitar riff, and Pete gives an absolutely killer vocal. The background vocals are great as well, and the guitar solo? Wow! It's a short solo, but Ace brings the heat. The song ends with the chorus, I've gotta get away. Get away, get away, get away. Pete tears it up. If Black Diamond wasn't so great, I would have no problem with this as my number one Peter Chris song. It's so killer. Ace Fraley did Pete a solid by giving him this song. And like I said, if Black Diamond wasn't so great, I would have no problem with this as my number one song. Meaning that my number one song is Black Diamond. This song was written by Paul Stanley, and it's very high on the list of all-time greatest Kiss songs. So it's easily the number one Peter Chris song, without a doubt. Pete sang the crap out of this song live, too. This song is one of the few songs that has been in the set list throughout the band's entire history. It is that iconic. One thing is for sure. During their tenure in the band, Ace and Peter both sang on some incredible and not-so-incredible songs. As a KISS fan, I love both of the guys' contributions. I wish that things had went differently in certain ways for sure, but hey, it's part of what makes those guys who they are. If you were ranking these songs, would you rank them the same way I did, or would your list be totally different than mine? I'd be interested to see your lists and hear your comments. So email me your lists and comments at uncle.steve.rock at gmail.com or post them on the Uncle Steve's Rock and Metal Zone page on Facebook. You can also send them via Twitter too. The Twitter handle is at Uncle Steve Rock. If you know someone that loves rock and roll, tell them about this show. If you love it or hate it, share it with someone else because maybe they will too. Love it or hate it. Hopefully they love it, you know. The show can be found on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Ask Alexa, Google Podcasts, and almost every other place that you can listen. And lastly, if you don't have that one person in your life to introduce you to music, and we all need one, 
I will be that guy for you. I will be your Uncle Steve. Take care, and I will talk to you real soon. You will now be transported back to your regularly scheduled time zone.